Welcome to What's My Thesis. I am Javier Proenza, and today my guest is Erica G. Peralta. Erica, you're in, where, where are you at right now? I'm in San Jose, California. San Jose? Is that, where you, is that where you grew up? Yeah, I was born and raised here, San Jose, um, and then moved around for school, like my whole life, pretty much. I'm 26, so I went to school here, um, K through 12. I went to New York City for my bachelor's and I went to LA. What's, so that's how we met. Uh, so that, I mean, I, I I met some of your your cohort too that they came out to your show at Last Projects. Um, so what was the school out in New York? Um, St. John's, sorry. I'm like blanking. That was wow, so long ago. So long ago. Memorable um, experience. <laughs> yeah. So I went to St. John's in Queens. And that was cool. So I was in the fine arts program, which was pretty small. So it was cool to learn with like small groups of people. Um, a lot of the people that came to my show, some of them were from St. John's, but most were from Otis. So I also went to Otis for my MFA. Oh, so you did your MFA out here. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then how, how old were you when you started to realize that uh, you was an artist? um high school so you know little old me in san jose california everyone is into like engineering and tech and teaching education which is important because you know i always wanted to be a teacher but um the first moment i guess i would say i realized that i was an artist would be in high school where um we were in art class and we were to basically do still lifes of of things in our environment. So around the school, we would walk around the school, we would do things. And I was just like, oh, this is an art class. I'm just gonna fulfill whatever I have to do. But it was funny cause I was still not doing well with like homework. Like I wasn't turning in the, the actual process work. I just wanted to like do the work and then turn in a finished thing. But anyway, the moment I knew I was good was when there was like a still life of these racked chairs, um, metal chairs that we had in like, you know, our cafeteria. Um, and I took a picture of it and then I replicated it in charcoal and I showed it to everyone. I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, oh, I'm just copying like the shapes. I'm just doing yeah. what I need to do. Like it's a step-by-step -step process. Like this is something, you know, this is a process. And my teacher's looking at me like, oh my God, like, okay, good, do your thing, do your thing. Um, and I showed like the final product to my family and to my teacher and they were just like, um, yeah, you? you need to think about doing something in this because um, they had never, I mean, I don't think they had never seen, they had ever seen something so thorough done by me before. Other oh, than so that point where, yeah. So you didn't care about anything up until then? I just didn't know. Like, I just didn't know what were the options for me. Like, what, what can I do with this? I didn't know, like, even thinking back, I, because now I'm thinking back, like, yeah, when I was like, five six I would sit in my room and just like copy these drawings and make them in these different environments and then almost like a you know derivative type of thing that kids do when they're learning how to draw and they want to learn how to draw so I was like drawing like Tinkerbell and stuff but I didn't think that was being an artist I just thought oh this is a hobby I'm mm -hmm. going to keep it a hobby and that's it and then I'm going to be a teacher and then I'm going to do this so because of the way I grew up, it was just very like, you're going to do this, 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 and this, and then mm. you're going to grow up, basically. So I didn't even know that that was the option. 
No, no. But what I mean is that was the, the, it's a it's a strange thing for parents to be like, oh, my God, you got to do something in art. Right. So was yeah. that like the first time that you excelled at anything that's like that notably where where people took note or were you also a really good administrator? You know, you know what I mean? Like, like did you yeah. were you a good athlete? Was that the moment where they were like, oh, OK, this is like a skill that you have that maybe, you know, you have other abilities, but like, this is the first time that we noticed talent in you. Is that like what I'm getting? Yeah. Cause I was an athlete. Like, I mean, but I was okay. Like I wasn't yeah, yeah. the star athlete of every team. So that was kind of, that was, um, an uncomfortable, like growing up because I was like, I'm good, but I'm not like the best on the team. Like I'm mm -hmm. keeping up with everybody, but that's because there's something else that I think that I like I'm pretty smart right I was a pretty smart kid whatever but I was also very rebellious and so for me it was like sports was fun because I got to let it all out I have so much energy I have like too much sometimes and sports was that for me but then when I started drawing or when I started doing that was a different energy so it was like I guess it was a different energy that my family saw yeah, yeah. they just noticed that there was something there that you were like oh because I mean, that is part of like the validation is part of liking being an artist. So it's just funny to just like, yeah. I, I think, you know, when so, when other people take notice of something like that, it is pretty rewarding, you know, and you're like, oh, maybe I am good at this. Um, yeah. So then so so then like what uh, what once you once you stopped, it sounds like that was like the first moment you stopped maybe taking like duplicating other people's drawings and started drawing from like uh something that would be considered more of like a typical art practice right where you draw from reference but you're still drawing like from real life right yeah. when you and also when you said that you your first note like acknowledgement that you could do this was a still life is like oh so you've got patience for this shit too because like most people hate you know yeah. especially most people when they when they're a, a visitor in a uh in an art class that's like the least popular assignment is to sit there and draw still lives. So did you, did you ever draw plein air or was it always from reference photography? Cause I know that um, you've done like you did the show that you did was based on photography, uh, like photographs, I think. Right. Um, the, the, at, at, the show, uh, I mean, kind of, yeah. The show was based off of floor plans, like that I referenced from like Google map, which I guess is from photos. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the painting that I had, uh, the small one that I had, from photos. Oh, and then yeah, the cardboard like this, the liquor store. Oh, I have it right here. That's oh, yeah, yeah. from yeah, from reference photos. That's from the show. So the sculpture stuff is from reference. Yeah, mostly. and that and was later on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but so have you ever been like a plein air person? Have you ever drawn from like like gone out in the in the wilds and actually drawn, or have you always just been, mostly been somebody that it feels comfortable in a studio with a reference image and because it's interesting i'm i'm I, like i've always been good at doing like plein air stuff like you know drawing mm -hmm. from life i can draw but i think that if i draw from a photograph you can tell that versus like my drawings from from life like the, the, i think that like they they get flattened out for me mm -hmm. when i start drawing from a photograph and then if i try to draw from imagination i have a really hard time you know so it what 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 wi so your skill set seems to be in that like do you do you draw well from imagination or or no um, no i'm i would say that i'm a trained like i'm a trained traditional artist as in like i when i went to new york city to go study art i was taught like the masters were 
taught almost. So I was, yeah. I was taking figure life, I'm figure life, uh, still life uh, classes and figure drawing classes. And um, we were painting from life. We were drawing from life. And so, yeah, I think when I was in high school, it was more from photos. And then when I was in high school, I was kind of like, I need to be a little bit more challenged. And that's when um, my teacher in high school, it was, I was taking AP, I was in AP studio art. And so she had me start an actual still life. I think one time I did one in high school and I was like, I like this. But it was like the end of the year. It was like the last thing that we did. And uh, I was like, I knew I was going to college, going to undergrad for that, uh, for fine art. So I was like, Okay, I don't. I get. I think I'm gonna do this over there, so I think I'll be fine. Um, it's funny because I did have to choose between St. John's and Otis. I mean, I feel like I, I, I don't know how the education differs from undergrad, but, but I would say yeah. I mostly I was drawing from life at St. John's, and um, during class, like we would have, so it was a block schedule, just like any college in the university. They have you know Tuesday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Thursday you have class, and then Monday, Wednesday, Friday you have class. So we would have specific Mondays where we would go out. We would, it was like lazy Mondays. We would go out and we would just draw our campus. And I have like a big old thing of sketchbooks here of just like all these life drawings that I uh, that I have. And um, I mean, I took drawing one, two, three, and it started with um, yeah, plein air, doing it in space and mm -hmm. having still life drawings. And then drawing two was more of um, line composition, um, thinking about uh, the history of drawing a little bit more when it comes to the life and um, from photo and so all of that theory. And then drawing three was like a, an abstract like whole like using line and color and form to um, decide how to make a drawing. So I was trained in different styles. Mm -hmm. I would say though I like drawing from life the best. Yeah. Um, even though this painting, like the ones that I'm starting now, um, are trick kind of mural style where I'm projecting a home video onto a canvas and I'm painting based off of that. So it's yeah, different, yeah. but it's also it's not technically not from a photo. It's from a moving image that I pause and then it is an image. But so. I don't know there's I, I do different things and then so but then when did you start getting into like uh conceptual conceits right probably second second third third year fourth year of college right I would Maybe. imagine and what what like what would those what were the things that started to interest you because like at for example in that show it was a lot of like LA spots right that um like you were you were working off of a lot of architecture now it seems like you're doing more home movie like so there's figure a little bit more involved in the current work like do you mm -hmm. have like a a thing that you're after that you're pursuing conceptually interest wise uh what would that be yeah I think um and this didn't hit me I would say until grad school um because my whole time in my undergrad was trying to figure out these technical skills and to see if yeah, I yeah. can actually do them so and then being in New York City, it was like, okay, this is this is different for me. This, I mean, it wasn't a culture shock because, I mean, I, I feel like I'm a chameleon, so I can, like, really mold myself. But this idea of, yeah, being this chameleon, right? Being, like, 
a performer or like a performance artist and everything is a performance whether it's um you're walking down the street and you got ready for the day so my senior not my senior my last year of my undergrad um I created a whole video sequence of these five characters um that were living in 1968 and they were reacting to different life events during that time so Mm. um Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated that year um, Robert Kennedy was assassinated that year. Nixon was elected. Um, there were, I mean, that was like the year of the protest, um, as I've read in multiple journals. And um, that's when I the mean, civil rights protest started, or um, was that was that which which protests are we talking about? Like the leg in like 1968. That was the start of the Vietnam War. That was when the uh-huh. uh, the draft started, and so everyone was getting drafted to the war to to go to Vietnam. And um, everyone was protesting Vietnam War. Okay, so okay, that okay. was, yeah. So that was, um, and and a lot of the events that happened did happen in New York City or happened in the surrounding, like, East Coast, South area, which, you know, like, but Robert Kennedy was assassinated in LA. So I had five different characters um, and they were all reacting to these life events. I created the scene. I storyboarded everything. I created the costume and makeup I, I designed it and I did it all myself and then I had my friend film for me so that was a whole new concept for me of like changing my face to be this character to almost put myself in another person's shoes to understand what was happening at that time in place hearing these which I had playing I had um newscasts from 1960 that I had found in like school archive journals or whatever um, of like Walter Walter Cronkite talking about, um, you know, like Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated, and you know, like this is this is the start of, of a riot. You know, like he's just talking about this is crazy. This is so you have you know like a stay-at-home mom and or a housewife and she's cooking, and um, there's a a woman whose son just got drafted, and she just. Um, she's watching the news and Nixon is giving his acceptance speech for a presidential race and she's like oh god like you know my son's out in Vietnam and I'm like what the fuck am I going to do but it's like literally like these 17 to 25 no no it's like a five minute segment so like one minute sections of like so that's where I was like performance art I had a professor and she was like you realize what you're doing is performance art, right? Like that's mm-hmm. your that's your concept. This is what you're doing. Like you're molding yourself into these different characters and you're providing these stories for people to relate to. And I was like, whoa, like I didn't even know that that was a thing. And um, so that's kind of when performance art started for me. When I went to Otis, um, I really got into theory, like thinking about where everything started. What is the basis of everything like why are we creating a face for ourselves when we go out into the world? Um, it's due to, you know, social um, outsiders, every, every influences, you know, and that's what, that's what my thesis was about, was about social influence, family influence, the institutional influence, um, and all of these influences that we have in our lives and how it moves us forward into the life. So that was kind of became what it was. But now mm-hmm. I'm thinking like, it's always about this facade. Like we're putting on this facade to try and understand either where we come from, understand who we who we are as people, 
or understand like what are we doing here <laughs> like literally on this earth like what are we doing here and um when it comes to all of my work and then when I think about what I started doing as performance art like the way I paint these characters which are my family videos like these are my home videos mm-hmm. and I and I I I watch these videos myself I get this energy that I mean because I know my family right like it's not yeah. fine and dandy all the time like we're not this happy dancing in my grandma's you know family room on Christmas day like that's not an everyday thing this is like an, an event this is a something that needs to be responded to because I feel like a lot of people relate to the fact that families put on a facade, right? Like we all put on a facade yeah, yeah. Um, to make sure that our kids are all right or like to make sure that kids aren't exposed to things they shouldn't be. But then I'm realizing like I went off to college and I started experiencing these things and all, there were all these other new influences to me that, that, that could really influence not just my art, but my mind. And um, that's kind of what I'm into. I'm just like, trying to understand like as a person we really put on different faces and and it's every second of every day like we're trying to even like we even like people even lie to themselves right we can lie to ourselves and tell tell ourselves that we're this or we're that or we're good and you know we're even told that even if we go like go to therapy or whatever and they're like no like you just affirmations you know tell yourself you're that and this and this and so yeah like I feel like my work really talks about this mask, this facade, and especially when it comes to being, you know, like Chicana, Mexican-American in California, because like, oh my God, my battery's going to die. I'm like, seriously. Yeah, go for it, go for it. Well, it's interesting. I, I'm, I went on a couple of dates with this woman who uh, had, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, who as an adult had realized that they had autism. So like a lot of what she what you're saying right now reminds me the facade like where she would say that she had a, a hard time interacting with people because she called it masking and it was like really exhausting to sort of this performative like interaction with people that um she had to like turn on and be conscious of instead whereas like i think most people that don't have uh, autism or or neurodivergent have like have an easier time with um with that just like intuitively right but after yeah. talking to her like it made me realize like oh that's why after i go out for a night of like gallery hopping and stuff like that the next day i don't want to do anything is because like you know i mean i'm being sincere and i'm being genuine but it's different than like sitting at home playing video games or you know in your studio drawing and making work that the that's a different like modality than when you're out there trying to make people feel comfortable, make people feel, you know, like you have to be kind of reading you. It's, it's interesting. The idea of like masking, because you're also reading other people's masks at the same time. You know what I mean? You're like, Oh, okay. Like what is, what am I, what vibe am I getting off of this person's Mm -hmm. face with these person's expressions and whatnot? Yeah. Sorry. You've got, you're running away from me. <laughs> I'm turning it off. I'm turning off my drawer because that was making noise. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, okay, sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. Uh so so yeah, so I find that interesting. The the um, like uh how how do you feel like you go about so are you how often do you do you, is like performance an active part of your practice still? Or was that mostly in college? Performance are I would say 
is every day like um okay so i've been really into right now i'm good i'm applying to be a teacher right so i have to make up a mock-up lesson and i've been really into still the wit and how you know idea is an artwork um conceptual art all of that so right now I'm like sucking myself out and telling myself that I'm making art every day because my ideas of performing are there. But, mm -hmm. you know, there's a process to everything. And so um, when it comes to my performances and my videos, um, I'm really focused on the process right now. So I'm trying to think right now about the new characters that I want to make and how I want to go into that again, because um, I really liked doing it. I really liked making the videos. Um, so right now, and like for the last project show, I wasn't, I, I wasn't, um, performing, but she's fine. She's fine in here. Yeah. My <laughs> <This> sister. <laughs> um, so like at last projects, I, there were performances planned, but because I was traveling back and forth from San Jose, it was kind of a lot on me that I was mm. planning, you know, because I had built the whole, that whole structure inside of the last project space, which yeah. is another one of my interests. Um, so I feel like that in itself was a performance because like Andrew and Alona, they were in there and I was like putting it up and I was just like, trust me I know what I'm doing and Andrew was just like watching me like how are you doing this like what are you doing <laughs> and I was like well I have a process like this is like I planned this out like I had a whole plan and I'm gonna do it and I was like I, I was like Andrew it's fine like if you think about it this is the performance and he's like okay and he's just <laughs> like watching me and Alona's like yeah this is great it's gonna be great You're like this is the performance but I feel like when it comes to things like that and making I think for me, making is always a performance because I'm so dramatic that I will try to be as dramatic as possible in my making process. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to plan like how I'm going to build something before I build it. So for me, building is the performance too. So I would say that I am doing performance work. It just takes a little bit more time for me to figure out like what's a performance and what's not. Also because of my background at Otis, we had like a critical theory class for two of my semesters and so I sit here and I have to I think about all the different you know theories and possibilities about how the work will be read so I'd like to think that my work is clear enough for people to understand that it is a performance and not me just standing there building a building yeah yeah that makes sense no no that does make sense yeah. uh and, and then so but so then but it sounds like uh so it sounds like you have two like you have like the performance art practice where you are actually performing in front of people be it through video and whatnot but then also the practice the art practice you're is also a very performative experience for you even though which is which makes sense because like technically that is right like when you do a performance a lot of times all you have is like the documentation of the performance, right? So if in that process, the the object is not a photograph, but like an actual, you and and there is also what you know when you you had the the big construction was it out of cardboard? It was like a kitchen, right? Um, uh, or what was it again? I I can't remember. 
Yeah, so I mean the inside was the the stove top, like the industrial stove top for the kitchen, like an industrial um restaurant kitchen. But the outside was like a facade of a generic chili that or like an Applebee's, like that mm. that structure architecture of the the facade of the building. So um I was planning to do like the whole thing and like having it be all centered and um, but my plans were bigger than I thought, and so I had to really cut it down, and um, so yeah, it became that facade of cheese. Oh, and so then you, it were was, gonna, uh, you were going to add to it? Well, because what I was going to say is that even as a as a viewer, there's a obstruction in the, like, right in the middle of the gallery, so you have to get around it, and you have to mm -hmm. interact with it in a way that does also feel like you are being not like driven like cattle necessarily, but like th there's a performative element even in the way that the audience is uh, taking up space, at least interactive, right? So yeah. so it makes sense. Like I definitely get get what you're saying about that. Um, did you have a specific topic that you wanted to talk about today that we, we can get into a little bit or do you want to just keep going like this? Because either way I mean, is fine. Yeah, this is cool. I mean, because I was going to talk more about that because um, you said something, I forgot what you said. Um, Oh, moving like cattle. Like, yeah. I feel like that was the whole point of the show. And I am very appreciative that you got the sense of that mm -hmm. um, because it was about labor. It was about, uh, you know, the kitchen, the restaurant industry and um, being a person in that industry. Because, like, you know, we can talk about masking when we talk about the facade because I like that. I mean, literally is what I made was a facade of the chilies. Mm -hmm. And then behind it was the kitchen stovetop. So um, you're looking behind the facade and you're seeing what is the actual labor and the work of a restaurant is the kitchen. The heart of the kitchen is, you know, the work, the labor, the people putting out the food, the people running the, the show, basically, you know, like it's a show. Yeah. It's a performance. Um, so, I mean, I'm interested in continuing to talk like the way we're talking, because I feel like the Did way that I... Did you see the movie the the the, the menu? No. Oh, yet. I I you might you might enjoy it. It's basically about it, it's kind of about this. It's uh a, a a very exclusive culinary experience that these people are t uh, uh these this these two people go to and then um just the kitchen like staff is a performance it like is part of the performance but then they are also very deliberate in including the 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 customers of the restaurant into that i i'm trying to be as vague as possible it's like mm -hmm. it's 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 kind of a horror movie a little yeah. bit so you know whatever violence that entails but it's it, it it really is an interesting thing and also like you know when when you when you have a space like that like you're talking about the facade of the restaurant, but once you get inside, you're not inside a restaurant, you're inside the kitchen of a restaurant. So you are part of the, like you all of a sudden now I am taking, I'm in uh, inadvertently in the role of a kitchen worker as opposed to, you know, like while I'm looking at art, it, I'm still being like, you know, the outside is one thing and then you step inside. It's not uh, a dining room it's literally mm -hmm. the the back room so like you you are assigning the audience a role in those situations right mm -hmm. so yeah so yeah no it, it's it, those are little things that i noticed but i didn't pick up on it because we hadn't talked about your practice so I, it's interesting to get to get into that um 
what when you when you take on a role that's different right because like in this case you're making us take on a role what kind of roles do you like we talked a little bit about the um, the piece with uh that it, with the 60s right but like mm -hmm. so like is it is it, it do you ever do like performance live like or is it mostly uh video projects what what's what's your sweet spot for that or are you mm. just constantly trying to because it also sounds exhausting to always be like this is a performance and like i gotta i gotta perform well like how does how do, do you have boundaries like that do you ever like so to speak break character uh for yourself so that you can like take a step back and like object be a little bit more objective of the experience as opposed to like mm -hmm. the subjective experience of the performance side of things mm -hmm. yeah um i would say most people know when it's a performance because i i mean i'm not one to be like this is a performance you know or no i'm asking whatever. you do you do you, oh, yeah. how do you in your personal experience because you were also talking about making it being part of the performance yeah, yeah, yeah. right like when you when you turn on the tv are, do you drop the Meisner? Do you, or do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. No. Um, no, yeah, I do live. I, there are videos. I mean, I make videos too, but the, I think when it comes to live performance, um, I definitely will put myself into character so that the audience understands that it's a performance. Mm. Um, like, I feel like when I go to the store, I was thinking about this yesterday because I was like, I want to talk about this tomorrow. When I put on like sweats and a sweatshirt, like, and I look like disgusting, like as I say, like I like nasty as I say, if I look that way and I go to the like supermarket, I don't want you to recognize me. Like, don't come up to me and talk to me. Like, you you should know that already that I'm performing as this. I don't want to talk to you. I look ugly. I'm not going to talk to you. And it's funny because like my family will know that. And, like they'll see me and they're like, I saw you at the store, and I'm like, well, okay, good. You didn't say hi to me, but like. There are times where I would like today I wanted to put on a full face of makeup. I wanted to like really present myself. But then I was like, that's not who I am. Like I'm not gonna like put on this, oh my god, like in this. I mean I put on the brat shirt because that's I mean I am a brat, but like I was gonna do like the whole thing. But then it's also like when I do that, I'm also putting on a face of like I am exposing myself to be treated this way if I look this way. Because I've experienced different things looking different ways. Um, if I have a different hairstyle on, people will treat me differently. If I have makeup on, people treat me differently. If I have different clothes on, people treat me differently. Um, what a, and can, that goes for everybody. How how do you how do people treat you differently? Like do they <laughs> okay. are, do they do you ever get people like guys hitting on you when you're in your sweats and you're like get the fuck out of here kind of thing or is it like are, do people ever break the trust of what you're projecting out? And does that frustrate you? You know, like if you're looking fabulous mm -hmm. versus if you're looking frumpy and like people cross those lines where they like, like, d does, does that happen to you? How do you, how do you react to that? Yeah. So, cause I was working, I was doing freelance makeup for a while. So I had to, I had to work, you know, retail stores um, and so I was, I would be at the makeup counter and I'd have my makeup on and all this. And, you know, like I'm working, like I'm the person working, I'm helping you with your makeup. So I realized that when you're in the position to, that you're the professional, people will listen to you. People will 
you know, oh my God, you look so pretty. You look so good. You did this, 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 this. But once you step out of that mall, it's like, who do you think you are? Why are you wearing that? Like, why do you look so dressed up? Like, it's, it's, oh, wow. it's and, that, and that's just because, like, I'm pretty much an empath. So I can, I can understand how people are feeling about it. Like, I get it. But it's also like I see, I'm very observant of things too. So I can see faces. But I also make assumptions about things. So, so I don't know, you know, if that's true. But I do, it's just the way people speak or the way they look. And it's like when I was working as a makeup artist, it was, oh, my God, you look, how do you do your makeup? And, like, I need help, like, all this stuff. But, again, like, it was as soon as I was out of that professional role, it was like, who are you? <laughs> like, you know, they're just seeing, like, a made-up person with, like, makeup and a blazer and high heels on and all this stuff and it's like and I get it because when I go in sweats and all this I'm like damn like I could have looked like that today but I didn't so I get it like you know when you're in that different role you're you really can put yourself in other people's shoes I'm just too over the top with it I guess sometimes but when I'm wearing sweats and you know I don't get hit on I look like a little 12 year old kid so obviously no (laughs) one's gonna hit on me because I look like they will you know it's the problem if they come talk to me wait so um, you feel like you you look younger without makeup i think so oh, I, think I don't, I don't I do. i'm i don't know i'm i'm asking you i i'm not uh, no i think i do yeah i just don't um, think you look 12 without makeup are you are you I don't look 12 but <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i don't i you anyway that that's beside the yeah, point, besides you, the you, point. I, I was thinking more in terms of like uh that woman looks like she might have a cold kind of vibes when you're you know because you like that too yeah sometimes that happens to me because it's like (laughs) in high school because I didn't wear makeup a lot I mean I never wore makeup in high school I was constantly asked by the um the counselor if I was mad like she'd always be like are you upset today I'm like no well it looks like you're crying I'm not crying I just have dark circles under my eyes I'm like I'm not crying (laughs) or like I'm tired or like I woke up at six in the morning today like what do you what do you want me to tell you and that's funny because like you know in college you get your own schedule and like you can be refreshed to go to class like and so in college is when I started actually getting ready to go to class because I'm like I don't look like that in college and like (laughs) go to class and like meet all these new people and I look like I'm tired and mad and upset um but yeah in high school it was like all the time everybody are you mad are you upset no I literally just look like this like I'm sorry my eyes aren't brightened underneath like but I don't know I don't know why it looks it's the baseline for you is not resting bitch face it's like what you look like you've been crying kind of face is that what I'm picking up or do people also think it's both okay and it's it what do you what do you think like what is your least performative self like where like you can actually forget all this stuff because it sounds like you're constantly thinking about this right like and it makes sense i i do too to some degree but like um you know but i think that like at at very at different points in my life i've just kind of given up uh, on 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 looking good or whatever because of like mm-hmm. you know grief or whatever right and and so like you you can get to the place where you start to not notice that you look like shit <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like uh based on your mood and whatnot um is there like a baseline you where it feels least effortless where you where you're not aware of what you're projecting is there uh because it sounds like 
if it sounds to me like if you don't do enough, people react to you in a way that makes you self-aware, right? Mm -hmm. Is there is yeah. there like a is there a mask that you can put on that you're just like, you know what, like this this feels natural. This doesn't, you know, it may have taken me some time, but like the way that people are interacting with me right now, that's the mm -hmm. that's the sweet spot. That that makes me feel most like myself and least like a performance. Is there is there that for you? Or is it is are you always just so theoretically tied into mm -hmm. the the process of the performativeness that you're you know, like how like some DJs can't enjoy music anymore because all they hear is like samples, you know, mm -hmm. like or mm -hmm. they're like, oh yeah, I, you know, I could do this with this. And then they like uh it, is there is there an equivalent of that for you, or is there a, a state of Erica Peralta mm -hmm. that is like just the sweet spot where you're like it's effortless. Yeah. Well, okay. I'd like to like give an example of like an actor's life. Like, you know, they're, they're constantly under a contract. And like, I feel like my family's in my contract where like my mom, I mean, you're probably going to want to watch this after, but like they, I was raised to like pre up to a certain standard. So like, I mean, we're, I mean, it's all expected to be raised with a specific type of manners and, you know, like specific type of way of being and um, nature versus nurture, all those things. But like, I feel like I was raised to be, yeah, up to a specific standard. I think I'm an introvert. So when I'm by myself, I'm me. Um, right now, technically you are virtual. So I am myself right now. Like, yeah. I, I feel like if I were with you in person, I could, I would have gotten to that point at some point, but I think it would have started off really, like I would have been like quiet and shy and like I wouldn't have started off with these stories. Like you could see mm -hmm. I'm like looking up, I'm looking to the side because I'm trying to like think of things. I also, um, I have ADHD. So like everything I do is like all over the place. I will be at home and um, I mean, now I'm starting to notice it because one, I'm out of school um to um I'm looking for jobs and stuff so I'm like trying to things out and I got a puppy so I'm just trying like and now I'm starting to notice things where like I'll go from this point to this point and then I'll go from there to there and it's like wait I forgot I was talking about this so let me let me go off. um but yeah I think um when I get this way and I'm like going this this way like bouncing off the walls that's me and my family knows when that's me. I know when that's me. And like a lot of close friends know that, that that's me. It's like, yeah, when I start just going off on tangents and I'm like jumping off the walls and I'm like going from here to here to here to here. Yeah, that's like my thing is like, I'm alone. I'm not really paying attention to other things. Like if you're there, you're there. Um, and I'm starting to realize now that if you bother me when I'm in that mode, it's kind of like hard to be around me. Because what I'm you like, wait, so you lash out or I'm thinking yeah I'm like I'm thinking <laughs> like come on but then it's like oh okay hi and then I like get into my and then you put the I'm mask like, back on <laughs> yeah because I'm like I I need this time to think like for me thinking is being me right being me and like finding out what I like finding out what I enjoy especially when it comes to my art practice because I'm like how am I going to make something I don't like? Like if I don't yeah. think about it enough. So I'm a thinker. Um, and it's funny because like, uh, 
I was living uh, in Boyle Heights. I was in LA and like, you know, we'd have a lot of barbecues at the, um, it was with, I don't know if you know, at Cheeseburger with Raul. And so I was living there. And Raul Balthasar? Yeah. And we would have a bunch of uh, like barbecues and stuff like in the summertime. And I didn't realize that like I was putting on a mask, but I was, right? Because like, not that I wanted to fit in or anything like that. It was just like, okay, um, I'm surrounded by a group of like very um, established artists. Like <laughs> I'm talking to a bunch of men. I am a woman. So I I didn't realize that I was putting on like this mask and I guess it's getting personal, but it's fine, whatever. Um, you know, like drinking beer and, you know, smoking, doing all those things, like that just becomes like a normal thing. And I thought that was normal for me. I, did, I thought that was like, okay, this is me. This is who I am, like drinking and, and you know, just chilling and doing, a, um, which is not a bad thing because whatever, but it just got very detrimental for me. So uh-huh. that's... Um, that's why now I'm starting to realize like what really is me so your question of like what really is you um it's definitely not like someone that drinks alcohol like you know like I okay. I don't think yeah, yeah. it hits me very well but what I'm saying is like it has it, it it took me not doing like I've been staying sober so it's like I've been trying not to do that to really understand what yeah, is yeah. me no yeah yeah so yeah so, well, that um, that resonates, yeah, for sure. Sorry, you, I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, you didn't. I think I was gonna say something, but it was gonna be redundant or something. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> well, that that's interesting. I uh, especially because I do think a lot of people have that uh, tied to their identity. Even myself, like I can kind of, uh, I I or I just spent some time in Miami and like just hanging out with people that I used to know. I realized that like my notion of me being like a what I, I like to think of it as a degenerate or a bad kid, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like it was mostly not was like I got I could I felt maybe I could be myself more with these people than I could like with other kids when I was in high school. But now I'm also going through like uh, a, like I basically went there because I was just drinking too much out here. And like, I wanted to, like, I stayed at my mom's house and I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to drink in front of my mom, dude, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. so I, I basically just did that. But, um, but it is interesting what you're saying. Cause it sounds like, cause among other things that I quit was like, just being on social media, being on Instagram, kind of like feeling like I'm interacting with my friends by looking at their posts and then just realizing like, that's not real, you know? Yeah. Um, and that, but, but so what it sounds like to me, like I had a year where I was in, um, in, in Italy and there was like, I had no access to television. I had no access to all these things. And one of the things that I'm picking up from you when you're in that ADHD state, that's your true self is, uh, like where, where you're not, where you're not, um, constraining the flow of like your personality. Uh, that it seems like, you have like a pretty interesting relationship to boredom, which I think is a, mm-hmm. is something that is like not talked enough about how important boredom is for creative process. Like you have, you, sometimes you do just have to sit and stare at a, a wall. Cause like the more entertainment you're taking in, like you're filling yourself up and to some degree, like a little emptiness is, is, uh is good because then what, 
what ends up filling up that emptiness is that that sense of like your being right like if mm-hmm. if you sit and that's why a lot of i mean my i'm not throwing shade i also sometimes have a hard time just sitting in a room you know and it can go to extremes obviously uh solitary confinement is torture right so which is interesting because then it goes back to like well we are also ourselves in relation to other people right mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. so it's it's an interesting balance what we, what you're talking about like that that sense of like needing space you know from people but then also being like a social creature at the same time where you're like you're like okay no 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 but now it's time for me to just fucking to just fuck off uh like what what um so are you not like a very uh iphone centric person you're not like or not iphone brand wise but i mean just like are you not on your phone a lot do you do you like do you try to to stay because i would I, i for any creative practice i mean i think that that's like one of the most important things to be able to just kind of like take a step back and be like, what do I actually think instead of yep. constantly consuming media, constantly even consuming art? Um, what, what, uh, so you set aside time for that? Like what, what is, how do you block that out? Cause maybe that could be helpful to people listening. Cause it's, I mean, it sounds like a really healthy thing to just be like, you guys, now's not the fucking time. You know, I know a lot of people, a lot of artists are like, have a hard time even explaining to people like, no, studio time is work, even though it doesn't look like I'm like, you know, doing a million stuff. Part of that process of just sitting there and vegetating Mm -hmm. without like, Mm -hmm. of just being, you know, like, do you, do you schedule that or does it just happen naturally for you? How, how, how does that work out? Cause it sounds like it's a big part of your process or or, of your art practice. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I would say that social media has been like um the tumultuous relationship that I have because I don't know why I've always had this like belief or expectation that uh I was gonna hit it big on social media. And I've kind of been disappointed with social media because you know, I look at myself and I'm like, I'm a pretty talented person, you know, like I'm funny and all those things, but like I mean, I've tried it all. I've tried YouTube. I've tried Instagram. I've tried TikTok. I and I've tried, and and you know, it's whatever. But for me, like, I can't. My mind can't be consistent enough to like post every second of every day of my life. Like, and again, like I said, um, that's not my life. Like, whatever yeah. people are posting on the internet, like, when it comes to theory, like, that's not their life. Like, we're all creating our own life virtually online to represent ourselves the way that you know we can't represent ourselves in person so it's that mask thing you were talking about but like on a digital you know Mm -hmm. it's almost like a separate person from you right right and i was just talking about this with um a teacher i just met with um from san jose and um we were just talking about that and i was like yeah i i feel like it's a different person and we feel like they're different people like um so i don't like the social media me because I'm like that's not even me like if I post something it's a joke like yeah. it's me joking or like my TikTok is like me being really out there unserious um and people probably think that's me and they're like oh my god this crazy girl but that's literally my name on Instagram is two Lokita two that's literally what I am is I'm like that's what I'm pinning myself to be is like this mm-hmm. crazy rambunctious like little crazy girl like that's what I'm pinning myself to be on on social media 
and I don't like that like as yeah. me as a person like I don't like that and when I started it I was like oh my god this is gonna be funny and like whatever but like it really gets to you like the social media aspect of it gets to you because I will be out in person like I'll be out there and they're like oh loquita and I'm like <laughs> that's not know? me they're yeah. like I saw you on Instagram loquita I'm like oh uh, yeah that's, I forgot that was my name like I always forget that that's my name which I don't forget but it's also like when I'm being called that it's like what like that's I've yeah. never in my life have ever been called Lokita. like I have other names that my family calls me and friends but like that's never been one of them so definitely an alias so I try to stay away from social media sometimes because like a lot of the times I will deactivate and I'll text my friends and I'll be like, I just deactivated my Instagram. I can't do this. They're like, oh my God. Okay, whatever. Like they're just used to it by now because I'm like, I can't keep looking at people because yeah. one, I know who they are in person. Like I've hung out with them. Like I've gone to school with these people. Like, like who are these people? Like, I don't even know them. And um, so that's when I'll like take a break from it. Um, but lately, like since moving back to San Jose, it just kind of makes me like, and you know, when people talk about FOMO, like, you know, if you're missing out, you're like missing out on everything. I love going out to like galleries and I like looking at the shows and I like being with people and like meeting all these new people. But it's like when you're on social media and you're in a different city than all your other friends and you see them posting all these things, it's like, oh my God, yeah, my life is fucking boring. Like, my life yeah. is so boring. Like, what am I going to do with that? So, instead of like indulging in that and being like oh my god I'm just gonna feel sad for myself and be like I'm not there like oh my god like whatever like I will create whatever I need to create around me so that I'm like I'm not gonna feel I'm not gonna let myself feel like crap because they're just living their life like and they're posting what they want like they're curating what they want to show us and they're doing it on purpose like they're trying to get a rise out of you and so I'm sitting there like enraged on the phone like why are these people posting this and it's like dude like get off the phone like <laughs> you shouldn't feel this way on the phone um so yes your question um I try to be like as like I try to take away as much stimulation as possible when I'm trying to like make art when I'm trying to think of an idea or even when I'm trying to think um but the one thing that does help me is Sims. So like I, I played, yeah, Sims 4. I mean, I started from Sims 1 and then yeah, yeah. played Sims 2 with friends. And then I had Sims 3 and then now I have Sims 4. But like, I will spend my money on, like, that will be what I do. Like, if <laughs> I'm not going to pay attention to real people, I'm going to pay attention to not real people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's the yeah, same yeah. Thing. but this is like, I can control this and kind of like let the process roll and it kind of gets me thinking, like, how, how are we living in this virtual world? Like, we're literally Sims. And, um, you know, this algorithm is, like, controlling what we do. I mean, not what we, I mean, I try not to let anything control me. But, like, when it comes to trends or, like, you know, trends are very different than what they, I mean, I wasn't born in 1980, but, like, I'm sure the trends, the way trends are like being pushed out is like just crazy right now like every five minutes there's a new trend probably i don't know yeah. because no, like, something like I, that yeah because i go on tiktok and it's like a new tiktoker and i'm like how does this person have thirty five thousand views and like and i have we have no idea who this person is 
Like, yeah. how are 35,000 people liking this? But it's also like, is it an algorithm? Is it the algorithm? Is it yeah. like, you know, it is and it is. But it's also the algorithm making you feel like shit for not having 35,000 likes for just being a regular person. But these people are posting like day in, day out. And they're like, you know, getting money for it. I mean, they're getting, they're monetized, right? So, yeah, yeah. you know, if you hit a certain number, you're going on live. Like, that I've been trying like that's why I said I'm disappointed with social media because I've been trying to hit a thousand followers on TikTok so that at least I could just go live and like have people just like join a live so I could just be like me but that it's not possible because you have to put on a character to make this TikTok video you make this character you make 10 videos you go viral you get your thousand followers and then now you're just bullshitting online yeah. Like, that's how people are making their money right now. I think that's so crazy. And it, it infuriates me because I'm like, you know, I I honor myself. I mean, I, I you know, I'd like to say that I do a lot of research in my in my practice and, you know, my paintings and my, my drawings and all these things. And I do my research with it and I read a lot. And I, you know, it's just like, how is this happening? <laughs> like, you know, it's a performance. And yeah. so these people are also doing their, their, their research and their, you know, but it's a different, it's a different medium. And I don't, and I, I think social media is just not my medium. It's not for me. I can't do it. And so that's why I try to stay away from it because it's like none of this, you know, I shouldn't say that because no shade, no tea, but like nothing is really inspirational to me other than if I were to, unless I'm following like my friends, you know, like seeing my friends are and, uh, all the artists that I enjoy looking at but like the trends and like the different things like none of it is inspiring like I don't know how I'm gonna find like how am I gonna find out what my next painting about a facade is gonna be of yeah. this girl like dancing to a TikTok dance that she saw someone else do and now she has a hundred thousand followers it's like well now she's just gonna be doing the same thing because she knows it's gonna go viral yeah but well there's there's a lot of uh youtubers and even right now there's this trend of youtubers that are semi-retiring because they're like leaving their main channels that got them i, I don't even know most of these guys because i've never watched their things but a lot of people have been like goodbye to this channel i'm gonna go do what i really want to do with is a which is a different kind of content so they're not exactly quitting youtube but what that speaks to is people feeling like they they threw a bunch of stuff out and then the one that stuck and became successful for them like is like um is the one that they ended up obviously doing because it it, it monetized easily right like yeah. there's people like um there's this guy Nigel Ng I think is his name mm -hmm. and he's like he does Uncle Roger uh which is the you may have seen him he's got a big bright orange shirt and stuff mm -hmm. like that and he like does a very thick accent i think he's malaysian but he does mm -hmm. a very thick accent i'm not going to impersonate it here because it would yeah, probably yeah. be racist but um but so like but he's also like he doesn't talk like that he's like you know he does the character of uncle roger and all of that but it just seems exhausting to be known as that guy you know yeah like and and there's there, like even people like even going back to like people like andrew dice clay who are like comedians and and personas that mm -hmm got really famous for not being themselves on stage and like 
that I, even Bobcat Goldthwait is like, he's like nothing like the persona that he portrays on stage. Yeah. So it's really interesting. It's really crazy to think about that uh, in terms of, um, mm -hmm. of like getting yourself pigeonholed, you know, yeah. like, yeah. I, I mean, as somebody that's in, in the content creation space doing the podcast, I'm very much aware of all this stuff. And I'm always aware of like, you have to make sure you get an audience that is into what you like. And maybe instead of chasing virality so much, mm -hmm. but then that is like slow going, but, um, but then also figuring out a way to do something that's like valuable to people, you know, instead of just like self-indulgent for yourself yeah. is, is kind of a tricky thing. What about, what about like, um, the, there was the, I, the, I asked about the social media stuff, but like, what about the boredom, the space to be bored oh, side of yeah. things? Like, uh, is that an active part of your practice? Do you like sometimes just get in the studio and do nothing? Uh, is that, yeah. yeah can, you, so can you talk to a little bit to that? Because I think that a lot of people have a misconception about it, but about what studio time is. And even sometimes I'm like, I'm not doing shit. And I'm like, you yeah. sat and thought about it for like an hour. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> That's productive. Right. Yeah, for sure. No, I think, um, I mean, it started probably because, I mean, everything that I talk about alludes back to school because, like, everything that I did art-wise, I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm still young, so, like, everything I've done in school, but, like, I how long, own, how many years ago did you graduate? From master's a year ago. Okay, so, yeah, from, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, And then BFA was 2019, so literally, boom, 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 boom. everything was yeah. boom, 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 boom. Um, but, so yeah, my studio time, I've always made sure that I just step into the studio and I just sit there. I take a couple books with me. I, I choose a couple books that I want to focus on, like what, what theories do I want to focus on to think about today? So <laughs> I'll go to the studio, I'll sit in the studio, I'll like sit there literally like this <laughs> for hours. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I will like look at my phone and be like, oh, okay, it's 12. I need to eat soon. So I go, I'll get up. Like, this is literally probably what I'm going to do today. Like, get up. Okay. And this is my ADHD mind going too, right? So it's like, I go to the studio knowing that it's going to be a whole day. Like, uh, from morning to night, it's going to be there. Unless I get there like at three, then it's from morning to 3, p 3 a.m. So it's like, yeah. I still do that, that 12 hour. But if I go in, put the books down, put everything down, and I sit there, like I said, okay, okay, it's time to eat. I get up. What am I going to eat? So I think about what I'm going to eat for like 30 minutes. Well, maybe I don't want to eat that. I look through like DoorDash or whatever. That's my social media is DoorDash. So I go through my DoorDash. I'm like, but that's, but that's not going to fill me up like that. But then that, that's going to make me feel gross. And I end up going to the first choice, right? So I'm like, okay, let me get the food. So I, you know, okay, I think picking it up would be smart. So I go, I will walk, you know, to go get the food. And during my walk, I'm thinking, right? I'm like, oh, so if I put this concept with this concept, then it's going to make that. And, and I'm not putting anything down, like on paper or anything. And I'm just like, <laughs> but I feel like I'm not getting anything done, right? And that's why I brought up Soul Wit because, you know, an idea is, it can be something if you really want it to be. So I would say that the whole time, like that I'm doing stuff, like I am pretty bored. Cause I'm like, well, I gotta go get the food. Like, this is pretty boring. 
I'm sitting there like oh, whatever but I don't realize that the whole time I'm like thinking like in my head I am thinking so I go back to the studio you know eating I'll eat <sighs> take my time eating because I'm a slow eater so I'm just like whatever I'm thinking <laughs> while I'm eating like like all these things like and I'm not exaggerating like I swear like people think I'm just like walking around shuffling like no like it, there is a yeah, yeah. Not, there is like a playground in there and I'm like and this might be crazy but like I'm seeing things like I'm seeing the way a painting could look like I'm eating like I'm looking at like okay the drawing needs to look like this and this and this but but again nothing is being written down on a piece of paper mm-hmm. so finally I'm like you know what I start writing things down on a piece of paper <laughs> so I grab a piece of paper and I write like three words I'll write like three words of like whatever I'm like this doesn't make sense so there I go <laughs> another hour of like thinking about like how these three words connect with each other and then I end up going back to like the original concept that I thought about at like 11 a.m in the morning and I start creating at like 10 p.m and then at like 10 p.m I'm like okay well I can't stop like I can't stop making this and so there I am from 10 p.m to 2 a.m 3 a.m 4 a.m whatever however long I need to do it and I'm there doing it and this can go on for like weeks where finally I have like a final product but there are other times where I do go into the studio and I'm just like this needs to be done this needs to be done this needs to be done and it gets done but um but like usually it's just literally me there like this like I'm in a in a rolly chair like this and I'm like this And I'm just like, what, what am I going to do today? And it's just literally me, like that question, what am I going to do today when I am doing something the whole day? But, you know, if you're not making money, people get mad at you. So it's like, yeah, if yeah. I sit there and I'm not making money, if it's not, you know, uh, income coming in from like, again, like social media, YouTube videos, all these things that you can monetize off of or people have the luxury to just sit there and think I really don't care I will risk it and I will sit there all day and not think and not make money just so that I can make this one little piece that I just like I needed to make right um I had the luxury of doing that in in when I was in my grad program even more but now it's like I can't do that I just all of my thoughts are still in my head for like months and months and months right now because yeah I mean now I have a I have a puppy I just got, I got her like three months ago but I'll take her out and that is my that's like literally my studio time like yeah, I yeah. will that makes sense you know, mm-hmm, like I'll think there and now I will write down like I now I have a process right like think of something write it down um if I want to write it down and I'm thinking like oh this is good I'm gonna write it down right away but then it's like that takes me 10 seconds to write something down and then the rest of the day again I'm thinking so um, I just have a bunch of ideas in my notebook right now. And, um, but that's how I've always worked. You know, it's always started with the idea. So when I went to Otis and um, I had a mentor, Renee Petropolis, I asked her one day and I was like, Renee, I sit in my studio for hours and I don't get anything done. I was like, what do you call that? And she goes, uh, she goes, that's conceptual art. She goes, do you have, she goes, you have so many ideas. She goes, and you get them done, she goes, but it just takes you a little bit more time. She goes, that's a process. She goes, that's conceptual art. And I was like, yeah, so yeah. how would I, I said, so how would I explain that to people? She, she goes, 
tell people, it starts with an idea. And I'm like, oh, okay. So from <laughs> that point, yeah. So from that point on, um, and because unfortunately she retired, but like from that point on, after, you know, everybody was asking me, they'd be asking me, so what do you do in your studio? You know, there's no work. There's I'm like, it starts with an idea. And I would show <laughs> them like the process and I would show them all my steps. And they're like, okay, I like that. And they'd be like, okay, but that's like an actual work. And so I'd show them like my steps and my process. And it ended up being that, you know, it was finished, that a lot of pieces were finished because I was taking my time in the concept, you know, in the conceptual yeah. part of it. So a lot of my work became very conceptual. And um, that's probably because of my, my process, my art process, the way that I um, disciplined myself to be in my grad program. It was like, okay, digest this, dissect it, and then make it. And that took me, like I said, weeks. Um, my thesis show, I thought I was going to have way more in it that I, than I actually did. Um, it ended up being like one of the best things I had ever done because I had so much that I was able to edit down. Yeah. And so I didn't realize that until I got to that point. And I was like, oh my God, like I was doing stuff the whole time. Like I was thinking yeah. the whole time and now I can just make it. And so that, I guess that goes back to like me saying, putting everything up as a performance because for me at the end of everything, at the end of the process, the, the, the product is the performance, right? The product is me making it. So the artwork and the ideas, those are all, all also a part of the body of work, but like I need to show something for it. So it's <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm, I can't, I can't, well, no, I can you know, I can be a critical theorist and, you know, do all these things and be a writer and be a, uh, an academic journalist and all these things. But like, I also want to make things, but it just takes yeah. me like longer to do it. So it well, I, I think, I think that you're, what you're speaking to is very much a conceptual thing too. Like, uh, like, cause I, I can totally relate to that. There's a lot of times you just have the idea and then you just keep it in your back pocket until you have the opportunity, you know, cause it's like, sometimes I'm just not going to build something until I know that I'm going to show it, you know, like for, but the piece is done. I just need to purchase the elements yeah. to put, to put it together in the space. But until I have the space, I'm not going to have like, you know, whatever structural uh, uh, conceptual piece, uh, a sculptural conceptual piece, just sitting in my apartment, you know, even though I can like, or sometimes I'll, I'll get it. I'll throw it together. I'll run it one time in the house to make sure that everything works. And then it's just in a box, you know? Yeah. So, so I totally relate to that. One of the things that I started to do so that I didn't feel so guilty all the time, but it, I like it. You just came out of grad school. So you, you're still in that mindset of like, Oh no, this is like, you know, like uh, hold on to that too. Don't, don't let mm -hmm. people take that away from you because the capitalist system is like very, and is the antithesis of that kind of process, but that's how really interesting work is made too. But yeah, mm -hmm. what I, st what I've started doing is to like draw as like a practice so that I have an art practice aside separate from my conceptual practice. But, right. but yeah, like, you know, that way I can feel like I'm being productive in the more traditional sense, but yeah, sitting around and like, just looking at the wall is like, I'd rather do, I think that is way more productive than when I'm like watching movies, 
you know, playing a video game. Although I do have my version of a sim, which is uh, Civilization mm -hmm. Six, where mm -hmm. you basically go to war with other countries. But mm -hmm. it, it's a lot of that. Like, what's interesting about those two those games also is that it's a lot of decision making, and then it evolves on its own. Right. So like yeah. with Civ, I build, I build up my societies and they'll take turn like it's a turn based game. So it'll take like 10 turns for me to have a a, a warrior. Right. And then mm -hmm. once I have that warrior, I, I build him up with his skill and stuff like that. Like the more experience he has, the stronger he is and whatnot. Um, but basically sometimes like the mechanics of that game are just like decision makings. And what I like about it is that um, it's like decisions within a structure in that game that completely distract me and help me shut off my brain entirely so like mm -hmm. after a day of like really being deep in thought and being really bored you just go and you're like making all these quick decisions that add up to something right and and then you go to war with another civilization or whatever in your mm -hmm. case what i i don't know i haven't played sim 4 but i'm imagining that like people get married and stuff like that you know and like but but it it's interesting um i've i've never had somebody be able to quantify conceptual art practice that well it's really i really appreciate you taking the time i mean i i it kind of i kind of heard that that's what you were saying and i was like i do that yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it is really hard to explain to people it's like i need to go to the studio and sit around it's like but you can't pick me up from the airport i was like no i scheduled this you know especially yeah. <laughs> When you have a job or when you have other responsibilities, it's yeah. it becomes really hard to be to protect that like ADHD time, I'll call it, because yeah. I also have AD, ADD. But but yeah, um, any any other thoughts on that? I, th I mean, we've been going for a little while, so we can start yeah. wrapping up. But if there's anything I didn't ask you about, I, I would love to to hear some more thoughts on 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 conceptual practice, because I mean, that's really something I don't think a lot of people talk about. Right. Like I kind of get jealous of like. You know, my friends that'll that that'll go to the studio and they'll just be like, "Yeah, I'm I'm always in there painting," and I'm like, "Fuck." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> what? And it was that's also like um, so Raul and I had very different practices. He was always yeah. painting, right? And I was just sitting there in my room thinking the whole time, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I just be in there like. Um, and it was a residency, so, like, I had that space for me, and so I created that space for myself. Like, I made sure that I had, like, you know, my decorations, and, you know, and something I always do is I always rearrange everything, and so that would happen in my studio, too. So I would schedule, like, a day in the studio where I wanted to uh, sketch these out, or I want to sketch a, a storyboard out, I want to do this, I, wanna... I ended up moving around all my furniture in my studio. But yeah, by yeah. myself, like little me, five to me, like I would just move everything. And then people would come in the next day to be like, oh, when did this happen? I'm like, literally <laughs> 3 a.m. this morning. Like, yeah. like, don't worry about it. But um, like just getting that energy out for me was is also a part of my practice. Like, you know, you had asked me way previously about like, when does the performance turn off? Like, Sometimes I don't even need an audience. Like I'm performing for myself. Like I'm like, how was that girl? Like, like I'm crazy, but like, <laughs> that's not the point. But it was like, you know, like I would feel myself like moving my stuff or like just dancing in my, and that's just like me, you know, like I never posted it. I never did, but I'm like, oh, I'm going to use that later in a video. Oh, I'm going to use that later. I'm going to use that later. But it's like, it's just collecting all this data, right? Even if I'm walking down the street and I'm hearing these conversations, I mean, that's studio time. That's collecting data, right? That's collecting 
conceptual data for for me to think even more so yeah i think conceptual art needs to be talked about more too because um yeah i i think it's like it's it's not it's almost looked down upon now that it's kind of like okay yeah that was that was in the 70s that was in the 60s and 70s like yeah, yeah. we don't talk about that anymore let's go back to the reference of that history like no people are still making conceptual art it's just like transformed itself into something different right like yeah, so i think i think everything has much is almost expected to have a conceptual slant nowadays yeah. but to make purely conceptual work is is like you know where it's like um where you're taking ready-made things and you're combining mm -hmm. them or not even necessarily just that but like the idea of like making work where the idea comes first like it is hard to talk about a practice that happens mostly in your head and is intangible you know like like if you if you tell somebody you're a painter and that's why like i tell people i'm painting but i don't think of myself as a painter because that's not my that's not my core uh, practice. My core practice mm -hmm. is this idea-based thing where I think of things and I'm like, eventually it'll just click in your my head and I'm like, that's how I solve that problem, you know? Yeah, but you yeah, need yeah. that time. And it's also interesting that you said that you rearrange your studio because I do think that that, for conceptual artists, at least for the two that are talking right now, um, I think I think that is that is an interesting point you made, like cleaning like be that th those are all things that like it's almost like when you organize a room you organize your head too right because it's like uh you, you know like how people will say uh will be doodling in like a in a a corporate meeting or whatever it's been years mm -hmm. but it like mm -hmm. but but you know and then like someone will get mad and they'll be like uh so pay attention and it's like no 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 this is helping me pay attention right if i had to like look at you with my ADD, I'd be like yeah. interested in everything. But because my attention is focused on doing this one task, my listening becomes better. And I think that 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 is something that ends up uh, happening a lot with like mm -hmm. when you, you know, like right now I've been gone for a, a little while and I'm in the process of rearranging my my space, you mm -hmm. know, and like mm -hmm. cleaning the crap out of it because now I have guests coming over here semi-regularly and I'm uh and I just want to like make that an easier experience for myself. Like I just got a bar up on the roof mm -hmm. that goes from wall to wall that I can hang up my uh, my lights and stuff. And just sort of all of that just kind of helps you center yourself on your thoughts because you're like you're you're doing a menial task, but then you know it's it's such an interesting thing to like. It really is an interesting. I've I've never had this conversation on the show yeah. about about the about when your practice is to have ideas first and then the materials come second. You're not approaching it the same way that a painter does, which a painter mm -hmm. paints and then yeah. continues to paint. And through that process, mm -hmm. they get better. And, you know, whereas like conceptual artists, you think, and then maybe there's construction time at some point, maybe there's painting time at some point, mm -hmm. but ultimately the the process itself is like, is one that if you watched, you would would be boring as shit. And a lot of it is boring yourself to the point where you become creative, where your mind starts to fill it up with ideas because the monotony <laughs> is like yeah. is there, you know. Like, so I totally, I totally, I totally like 
in terms of like artists that come on the show and talk about their practice, I'm like way on point with you. I'm like, yeah, no, no, no. That's, I do that too, you know? Yeah. And sometimes I'll try to emulate or for fun, I'll like take on somebody else's thing or like, you know, for, for me, like the only reason I'm painting is because the drawings that I was doing look better as paintings. Right. And so, yeah. but I'm not like learning how to blend, mix paint on yeah, the, right. on the surface. I'm just like, you know, to mask right. it and paint it. Uh, and then like some other times I'll do a sculptural piece where I like buy, buy an electronic thing and I'll, I'll try to make it do things that it can't do. And then that's yeah. part of the process, but all the process that goes up to that and deciding all the things that I want that printer to be able to do is like, it takes time, you know, I'm not going to go out and buy a printer the first day. Cause that's like, that's how you waste a lot of money, Yeah, you know? You need you need a printer that <laughs> does what you need it to do. So, anyway, um, and any any other parting thoughts? Uh, I think we're gonna wrap it up at this point. Yeah, yeah. It, um, I would just like to say that definitely creating a system for your practice is important because it it can create an efficient conceptual practice. But you know, not yeah. everyone is like that. But no, that's cool that you know. Um, scheduling it, I, I would say scheduling it is the is the important part yeah. and scheduling it with purpose and don't just fall into it be like no 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 this is studio time and that yeah. way when you're wasting that time you're still in a time you're you're in a bubble you you, you have that yeah. mask on you have that facade right. on and yeah, the facades help you too you know so the facades sometimes are for you uh cool what so can we promote anything for you do you have anything coming up what can i think of Nothing um, in LA at the moment. Um, but, Anywhere. Oh, San Jose. There's going to be like a little community event. Um, it's going to be, I think it's Valentine's. What's it called? It's like a Valentine's Day event. And it's going to be uh, activity making Valentine's cards with kids. And um, so if anybody's in the San Jose area and you want to come by, um, let me see. It's on the, I just got it sent to me. It's called Love Fest. Who doesn't want a little love? February 10th, 2024, from 1230 to 330. And it's in front of the Children's Discovery Museum and um, in San Jose, downtown San Jose. Um, and it's in collaboration with the Guadalupe Riverside Conservancy. So um, the park is collaborating with um, one of my friends. And her name is Tashaya. And she's putting on this event for, for the community. So I think it's really cool because I did a Friendsgiving one. So. Nice. Yeah. And then uh, you are uh, at what's your uh, Instagram? You said it already, but what is it? Two Lokita 2? Two Lokita 2. So 2 L O Q U I T A 2. And that's on Instagram. Yeah. The number, um, not not spelled out to, not T W O. Yeah, no, the, the number. number yeah. So Lokita in between two, two twos. Yes. Two twos. Nice. Uh, cool. And then, uh, yeah. Uh, anything else on the way out or any, I will not no. divulge my, um, TikTok website because oh, okay. <laughs> no, my website, my TikTok because, um, you know, whatever that's embarrassing, <laughs> but www.projectoextra.com P R O Y E C T O X T R A.com. Cool. That is All my right. website. And uh, we'll be back, uh, we're, and I'm Javier Proen, so we'll be back next week with another guest and another topic that may or may not be art-related. 
Uh, this one was very much about practice and conceptual practice. I, I, I did not, I did, well, I'd seen your show. I did not realize how much, I mean, I did see that there was conceptual bent to the work, but sometimes, you know, it depends on the medium. You, like sometimes you can see it a little bit more apparently, right? Like than 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 not, but but it was it it was really uh, refreshing to to get back into to talk to somebody that validates my own practice and makes me feel like I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you guys, uh, and we'll be back next week. Like I said already, uh, and then hold on, how do I stop recording without hanging up on you? I don't even